listening to the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. Hello everybody, you're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Rude, and today I have a special guest with me. His name is Matt Awkward from the Funbox Monster Podcast. How are you doing today, Matt? Hey, I am doing stellar. Thank you for having me on your show. Hey, no problem. It's kind of like uh, two podcasts com- combining and uh, making a sonic boom. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm 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 thrilled with how your podcast is going. Uh, you keep on having like Wyatt Weed and John John Masari there. I don't know why you want to slum it with me, but uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> well, no, man. Uh, I I see you up on Instagram all the time, posting like cool ass pictures of uh, the tapes and. And your awesome Batman and Robin collection you have going on. But yeah, it's thrilled to, uh, this. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. Great to talk to you in, uh, not person, but voice for the first time since we've been trading and Instagramming forever. Right, yeah. Yeah, we've we've sort of known each other for uh, several years, really, and sure, doing movie trades and whatnot. You still need a copy of Life Force, by the way? Um. Well, I have I have the DVD version, but I I think I traded my VHS copy a couple years ago. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's I a goodie so- though. <laughs> so cool. What are we talking about today? Um. Uh, well, we we kind of made a little list of uh, some comedy horror movies that uh, will be fun to talk about. Um, definitely one of my favorite genres yeah dude i i love this type of genre so much uh like like i uh previously was talking to you about like i i brought up dead alive mm-hmm. and i know it's i know it's such a uh what's the word kind of like mainstream pick but uh it's it's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time yeah, uh, it, it, it has been for mine, too. It's one of those movies for me where I, I rented that first in high school and fell in love with it and watched it all the damn time, too many times. And then it became one of those movies that I was kind of almost sick of, like, because I had seen it so many times. And I'm glad you picked it for this for this discussion here, because I put it in for the first time in probably 10 years. And I fucking loved it. Like, I had forgotten. I knew it was crazy and bonkers, but I had forgotten how bonkers and ambitious that movie is. Right. Yeah. I just, I love, I love the over the top gore and uh, just the, the nonstop comedy, almost like slapstick comedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, even, even some martial arts in it. I mean, uh, a Where kung fu priest. <laughs> Hi, kick ass for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like uh, what's putting me together. Oh, sorry, <laughs> we're talking over each other here. You go. Oh, oh. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, kind of add on with the the priest. Like, the priest was so over the top with all of his lines. Like, uh, during uh, Lionel's mother's funeral, when uh, <laughs> when uh, he was trying to inject the uh, the serum into his mom to make her stay dead mm-hmm. and you know and then like the casket tips over and whatnot and uh 
the priest said something about like an abundance of mother love. Yes. <laughs> and I love that Lionel, every time with his mother, always only injects in her nose. <laughs> it's like yeah. this little touch where it's like, come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just can't even imagine like from a logistical standpoint, organizing that movie, especially with the bloodbath lawnmower scene at the end, like how do you film that? How do you get that much makeup and people and all in the sets? Like it, it's a feat of filmmaking for sure. And you can see why Peter Jackson went on to do bigger and I don't know, for lack of a better term, better things that people call it. Um, man, that guy really knew what was going on. Yeah, he was, uh, I mean, I guess still like just a genius filmmaker and he could work, um, on like a really low budget and make like, you know, he really stretched out the dimes and nickels and, uh, into his, his productions. Like it was just, it's, it's crazy to think that the director of Lord of the Rings made some of the best horror films. Yeah, I love Bad Taste, too. Um, but uh, Peter Jackson has kind of a Sam Raimi thing going on for me, where it's like, I used to say, you know, this guy used to make good movies. I admittedly have not seen the Lord of the Rings movies. They're, I'm just not interested in that kind of fantasy kind of movie stuff. But after watching Dead Alive, I just wonder, like, if Peter Jackson was to do a horror movie, how would you ramp up from that? What is the next level from that movie? I feel like he's done it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it, uh, well, especially practical, practical effects wise. Like I know he's now moving towards like CGI. Oh, so I don't, you know. But if he could, if he could go back to his roots, like that's that's one of the one questions I would love to ask him is like, would you ever go back to horror and make another horror movie? Because he's made Bad Taste, Dead Alive, and uh, The Frighteners. Like, oh shit! I slipped. On. I forgot about Frighteners. Yeah, I love Frighteners. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one's a really good one. And I, I don't think that one's rated R though. That might be PG no, thirteen. Nope that that that's an Ari. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Combs is so great in that. And uh, but the CG, uh, I'm usually kind of a stickler. I'm not a big fan of the CG, uh, but I feel like it's done great in that movie, especially the the Grim Reaper design in Frighteners. I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he, oh man, like, he, yeah, he, he really does do a great job at any of the films he works on. And it's like, I've tried to, I've tried, over the years, I've tampered down that, uh, that view that I had. I remember when CG first started becoming really big, I, I was just hating on it so much, where to the point where I wouldn't even watch anything with it. <laughs> and, uh, I'm glad I kind of shut that attitude down because you shut yourself off from a lot of movies that way. Yeah, well, I mean, early stages, like, in the 90s, and then, you know, for the next 10 years or so, CGI really hasn't been that great. I mean, it's until recent years that we're starting to get more realistic images. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're getting to that era where CGI is getting better, and it's, it's definitely, I guess, enjoyable. Yeah, and you can definitely make cool CG creatures. Um, I don't know. Did you see the movie Underwater yet? Uh, not yet. 
Yeah, that was neat. And that had some cool creatures in it that were all CG. And they look cool and all, but I do still love seeing a practical effects monster. Uh, case in point, imagine imagine the ending of Dead Alive when Lionel's mother comes up from the floor. Imagine if that was just a cartoon instead of that crazy puppet that they made. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if I... I can't imagine them doing something different besides what they what they had i mean practical effects and i'm with you like, like, imagine how different that would feel if like you saw that cartoon mom, mom instead of the actual creature like, that's, like, why so much, that's why i love so much about the practical effects or like a like a claymation version of her oh the yeah yeah uh, claymation with, well, or like that monkey what if you saw the spider monkey but it wasn't that cool ass chunky stop motion animation that we saw but it was all smooth it wouldn't have the same feeling no no and i i i really like how they use the claymation style yeah sumerian rat monkey <laughs> yes reckon they only found on one island you know <laughs> but uh yeah um but that's another thing they've been talking about a uh, beetlejuice sequel for years too which I don't feel Beetlejuice really needs a sequel. I would like it. I love Beetlejuice. But I would love it if Tim Burton was to make a Beetlejuice sequel, but only use the filmmaking techniques that he had available to him back when he made the first Beetlejuice. I think right. that I think that would be a neat thing. I don't want to see cartoon sandworms. I love that claymation kind of sh- shit they had going on. Right. Dude, I, I just love claymation movies in general. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it has a, a certain style and I think people really appreciate the work that goes into making them. And that's what I do. I love that craft. I love that sculpting and, and mask making and the practical effects making and uh, not, not to belittle the CG makers now. I mean, I know it's talent, you know, in art, but like, man, I love seeing when people actually build something. And that was for Dead Alive when I revisited that. That was just the, the striking amount of things and props and half faces and stuff they had to make for that movie is absolutely stunning. Right. I agree with you, man. So, yeah, that was a super fun one. So I'm super glad that you picked that because, like I said, I, I used to watch it all the time, but I kind of burnt myself out on it. And it was so great to revisit that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Oh, it. it I think it's definitely in my top five of all time. And it just keeps one-upping itself with its craziness. You know what I mean? Just when you think it can't get any more insane, it just brings a different level. Like when the baby rips open the nurse's face and pops out. Like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he... Oh, man. Uh, he he must be one twisted individual to be able to come up with those ideas that he had. And then, the, and then uh, Boyd, the uh, I think his name is Boyd, the zombie from the cemetery there, where he just has the internal organs walking around, <laughs> and the yeah. internal have their own character. And it's like, what? Right, finally, when you think Boyd's dead and toast, he, he's putting himself back together, and he's holding his legs and walking with his torso. Right. Oh, yeah, so- well, even, even before he got torn up, like, just, he had, like, that uh, 1950s, like, greaser, like, yeah. well, I guess him and his gang did. And uh, then pissing on the grave, like, hey, 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 you know, like, and all of a sudden the hand pops up. <laughs> yes. Grab, grabs his crotch and, oh, and then drags him down. And then it's just a big blood splatter fest. And, and I love to, like, yeah, I was that's, going- that's how we see. 
I was noticing too, like a lot of the times when there was big bloodbaths, you would see the actual like spurts streams where you could tell it was being shot from a tube from something. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes things looked like really fake, but I, it added to the charm of it. I think, like I, I, I feel it was almost a benefit. Like if it was not, if you didn't see that kind of fakeness shining through every now and then, it might have just been too bloody and gory to actually sit through. Uh, my wife actually had a hard time watching it. She was like, "I love it, and it's funny, but like." Oh, I'm so sick of looking at blood and gore. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things like, like I I never get tired of watching it, but I can't watch it like back to back to back to back because it it really is just is over the top. And I I do still get squeamish at the dinner scene where uh, <laughs> Lionel's mother's ear drops into the custard. Hi, I haven't had a good custard in years. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah don't definitely that pus that lands in it and you see that close up of that dude's mouth <laughs> yeah it, it it is kind of like a gross scene it you does know, make you squeamish yeah it makes you wince <laughs> yeah like yeah like like his line is hilarious but then when he's just chomping on the ear it's like oh <laughs> oh it's so good and his mother, I love the scene where his mother's uh, getting ready for that dinner. She won't, like, call it off, you know? She's trying to put the makeup on. And uh, that's the scene that makes me cringe is when she's going to put the makeup on and her skin flap falls on her cheek. <laughs> yeah. Scratches her face. Yeah. And it's just hanging there. And so Lionel grabs a glue and starts trying to... <laughs> Careful, mother. It'll stick on crooked. <laughs> so good yeah, it's it's like it's like uh nothing phases the guy like he just accepts what happens oh yeah <laughs> what a cool character <laughs> yeah it, it it definitely adds to the charm of the movie like and that's one of the things that i i like about it how it doesn't really explain itself it just it happens and the movie just accepts what happens and just keeps going on yep and the thing with it is, like, you could you could throw blood at anything. Like, as, as it, I'm just thrilled at how vibrant and well done the movie is, considering its ridiculous subject matter. Like the streets and the trolley and the music, like everything just looks so good. Yeah, yeah, it. Uh, like it's it, not you know, a blood movie. It's like a legitimately good movie. <laughs> yeah, like, and it really gives it like that 1950s vibe. Mm-hmm. Like just uh, um, the trolley and the cars, and you know, I don't know if that's just how uh, Australia or New New Zealand was back in the late '80s, early '90s, but it really did kind of feel like. Yeah, I don't know. It, it almost looked to me like the trolleys were miniatures, but I couldn't tell. Like in that in one shot, it looked kind of weird, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, that's another thing. There really isn't a lot of behind-the-scenes footage or, uh, you know, like, interviews of Dead Alive. Oh, really? I mean, I uh, I have uh, quite a few copies of Dead Alive. Um, I even have the German DVD release of Brain Dead, <laughs> And it's got added footage to where I think some of the scenes are extended and a uh, little little bit extra gore footage. 
Yep. But but it really didn't have a lot of like special features. Yeah, not, saying, a big, not a big DVD collector um, or or special feature watcher for that instance. So that's kind of sad to know that there isn't a lot of a uh, background there. Yeah, I mean there there was some rumor that uh, Peter Jackson is working on trying to get 4K releases for Dead Alive, Meet the Feebles, and Bad Taste. Mm-hmm. And this was maybe a year or so ago. And I haven't really heard much update on it. But well, that's, that's cool that he's trying to do that too, and not just like disown or forget the. Like he hasn't become too good for those movies now. Right. I mean, I, I'm sure he realizes that there's such a huge cult following for these films. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I for one would be paying for a 4K release just to see all the extra footage and, you know. Oh, definitely. You know, I, uh, <laughs> well, especially for Dead Alive, I, I try to, whatever different releases of it, if I can find it and if it's affordable, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to go after it. Nice. Like, I, I got lucky and, uh, 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 found a, a cop, a German copy on VHS from, uh, a guy over in Germany on facebook he was selling it for like 10 bucks like like 10 shipped and i was like dude i was like i need it (laughs) yeah it was 10 shipped from germany yeah i couldn't believe it weird (laughs) i mean i don't know if he just maybe he had several copies of it and he just wanted to get rid of them or what but i i uh i was like dude and then he's like yeah he's like like it's yours and whatnot, and I was just like, I just remember just feeling like, like holy shit, dude! Like this guy's awesome. He's gonna sell me a, a, a German copy for ten bucks. Yep, that's awesome, man. You know, yeah, the inter- international shipping's a bitch. I know because I've I've traded with some people for Batman's in Australia and France and Germany, and it's all been twenty or thirty bucks or so to ship something. Yeah, I you know I don't know if it's if it's different on their end. As far mm-hmm. as shipping wise, like for us, like it, you know, it costs an arm and a leg to ship something out of out of the oh, United right. States. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I know for three tapes to Australia, I think it was thirty six dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> but I was happy to do it. I mean, dude, dude had me two Australian Batman and Robins. <laughs> right, right. Well, when, whenever I get situated with with my living space and I dig crap out of my storage unit i got a couple batman and robins for you sweet <laughs> what one of them's a sealed copy too that's got like some uh oh original like stickers like oh save five dollars on this product i know exactly what you're talking about right. <laughs> so cool man let's move on from uh dead alive what, what are we talking next well, uh, I talked about one of my picks. Let's talk about one of your picks. So I tried. I tried the outing the other day. Did you ever watch that? I remember telling you not to. Yeah, that was the one I didn't watch, and I'm glad yep. I didn't. Yep. So we'll move on from that. I thought I thought I liked it a lot, and it was a neat movie. It had some neat things going for it. But um, one of, one of my picks that I love that I actually just watched this afternoon again for fun was uh, Flesh Eating Mothers. Yes. Yes, that was a, a good one. You're writing me that this movie is bonkers, and you had never seen it before. Yeah, yeah, I just 
the soundtrack was was uh out there and then just just how corny and cheesy it was in general i love that kind of corny cheese in my movies like that, that that's my bread and butter right there uh i know i know did you ever watch usa up all night um i mean you know back when i was like really young i probably watched it when i wasn't supposed to yep <laughs> oh same here but yeah that that I, I always call like a flesh eating mother's like a USA up all night kind of movie. That was like that. I, I think they, they actually aired it on USA up all night, but it definitely has that spirit to it where it's just so cheap, but so good. <laughs> yeah. It, it's entertaining for, for it being like, it, it looks low budget and it probably was. Oh, definitely was. And the actors are terrible. But like everybody's just giving it their all, and the heart's in the right place, and it just flows. And I absolutely love the um, makeup effects for the mothers when they got the weird kind of Joker grins faces. Yes, yes, I loved that. That was definitely the standout point for me. <laughs> and you mentioned the music too. I love uh whenever they go to Rinaldi in his bedroom, he always has that like cheesy. It's like that electric guitar setting on your keyboard <laughs> music loop going. like they kind of simulate heavy metal music with it right but yeah flushing mother that was that was great fun yeah the uh the the gore was pretty decent for it i i was a little surprised to see how well how well done that that uh all that stuff was made yeah, I was actually just looking it up this afternoon, and the guy doing special effects, he, he had done a couple other things, too. Worked with uh, Kevin Yeager Labs there on Chucky on the first uh, Child's Play. He did some other things I forgot, too, that were pretty notable. Uh, and you could tell, like, that was the one guy that was going places there on that that movie. Right, yeah, that, I mean, shit, that, just the uh, makeup effects alone was kind of why I was like, okay, this movie's okay. You know, yep. like, I, I can watch this. It, it's slow, but it gets the job done. I like it. I love, I love the cheesy sets too. Like the, uh, and I love the, um, the doctor that is the, uh, the VD specialist doctor. And he's got that poster behind him. Famous people who have had VD. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the kind of fucking cheese that I love so much in, in my movies. Right. And then he's like, Oh yeah, I know a couple girls. And he gives them like a card and it's like some hookers. <laughs> yes. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> It's so hokey. Right. And I love this, the, 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 the first, like, I love it too, when that movie starts out and you see that hunter, and then you see blood on the snow, and then you look at the hunter again and he's missing an arm and he just screams as if he didn't know he was missing an arm. I just <laughs> love that. That sets the tone for the whole movie, straight up, right in the first five seconds of it. Yeah. And I guess, like, what didn't he say that, like, his... It was self-defense or something. Like he had to shoot his wife because his shot his wife shot his arm off. No, it was a bear. He 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 claimed there was a bear attack, and he went to shoot the bear, but accidentally shot his wife. <laughs> that was that was his fake story there. That's, yeah, that's, that movie, that's that, almost that, even worse. Unbelievable. <laughs> but that movie's not so. Uh, yeah, love flesh eating mothers. Not, yeah, not, so, you can't really talk about that as much as Dead Alive, but <laughs> that's a fun, fun, fun little show. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a tear down from Dead Alive. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of tears down from Dead Alive. <laughs> yeah, what I'm, I'm being a little generous. 
<laughs> yeah, but fun fact um, about me, uh, I needed a new uh, heating oil delivery service for my house because the one I was going through went out of business. So I looked in, you know, what oil delivery services we had here, and there was a Rinaldi Energy, <laughs> which, you know, the guy named Rinaldi in the movie. So I was like, shit, I'll call those guys. And it's been the best oil delivery service I could have possibly imagined. And I just picked it <laughs> randomly because of flesh eating mothers. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, yeah, Rinaldi is fun. And I always wish there was like a, this is one of those movies too, where you look it up and 90% of the actors in it haven't done anything else. This is like their only credit. Uh, Rinaldi being one of them. And I right. wish we could have had like, I wish we could have had like a Rinaldi spinoff movie. It would have been nice if he had like moved to a different town and something else crazy happened and we just followed the adventures of Rinaldi. I think it would have been really fun. Oh, but for I also, sure. But I also think like it must be neat to be one of those people. Like I was in a movie once. Oh, yeah. Like, n- like you were in a movie, not just a walk on roll, but you had a full feature length, you know, presentation in a movie that nobody's ever heard of. And that was your only one movie you've ever made. That must be a neat feeling. Oh, for sure, man. I, I would definitely love to to be in like one of those like oh, I don't even know if this is a cult classic, but uh just like one of those those movies that just you know horror fans appreciate. Mm-hmm. And it would be so neat to uh, actually get noticed one day. Like say you're at the coffee shop and somebody's like, Hey, were you in flesh eating mothers? Why <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. well, yes was... I was <laughs> You probably don't get that very often. I'm sure Ronaldo gets noticed a lot less than Tom Cruise. Yeah, probably. Well, go, go. Sorry, I was looking uh, in one of the, I mean, sorry if she's listening. She probably would never listen. But the the lady that played Joyce Shepard. Yep. The uh, kind of, she's kind of the. The uglier girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She actually is one of the uh, actors that kind of went on to do other stuff. Uh, she was in Resident Evil Extinction. I saw that when I was looking her up today. She's been in a bunch of uh, Broadway stuff too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I haven't seen pictures of her lately, so I mean, she could be smoking hot. I don't know. Well, you just called her ugly, and she's probably a big time listener. Yeah, so I, don't know, I probably lost a viewer <laughs> right there. Hi, Joyce, whatever your name is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say her first name, <laughs> her real name. Yes. But, oh, yeah, flesh eating mothers. Definitely worth, definitely worth a viewing. I uh, another fun fact there with that. I found. Uh, I had that on tape, and I found my cap- copy at a store called Threads of Hope, which is a Catholic charities thrift store. Which mm. kind of shocked me, like that they wouldn't just throw that away. Right, you know that's weird because uh, whenever I go to like Christian thrift stores, sometimes I find some of the best horror movies there, which is which is shocking. I mean, I lately uh, a lot of the the. Uh, tapes around here are dying slimly because uh they're slowly pushing away from vhs but when i did find them like i found uh like all the evil deads like one two and three subspecies uh some hellraisers all those at like the catholic thrift 
Yeah, at the Catholic thrift stores. <laughs> it's awesome. But yeah, it's getting harder and harder to find uh, cool tapes out there. Yeah, man, it it, it really sucks, and it, it sucks that possibly pretty soon we're gonna have to resort to eBay mm-hmm. or you know like Facebook groups and Instagram is gonna be like the only places we're gonna be able to find any. Yeah, and I mean, I I I do flourish there. I love being in the Facebook groups and the Instagram and trading and buying. Uh, but I guess it gets to a point where. It, it's hard to find stuff that you don't have that much or basically I've traded everything that I actually want to trade away and I don't have anything more to trade for something. Right. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh man, like I, I could really use this tape, but I don't really have anything to trade for it because I can't really find anything and I don't want to trade my good shit that I do want to keep. Exactly. So, then, you know, and then I've been trying to my, my recent thing is trying to find the very latest of release movies on tapes, like the ones that came out like 2004, 2005. Because like once once you get like a certain amount of things, it, it's hard to like keep going. So it's like I try to make like new goals for myself. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I, I guess my goal is I kind of want to like I don't want to collect like screeners or anything but i want to try to find like those promo tapes where like dead pit metamorphosis like you know like the ones where you can hit the buttons and the eyes will light up stuff like that yeah Yeah, i got i have a i have a copy of dead pit that i found that was all broken and i've been able to fix it to the point where if i connect the circus with a penny it'll actually make the eyes light up but if i don't put something else extra in there it will not work Oh wow! And the face is all cracked too, so I gotta try to fix that. Yeah, well, mine—the uh, eyeballs are still there, but like the, his whole face is pretty much gone. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, <laughs> my my mine mine's missing in like a like a Kano for Mortal Kombat, where if you took that big silver plate away, that's <laughs> the face. <laughs> that's hilarious. Cool. The gimmick covers are great. I know exactly. Yeah. Metamorphosis, my video store had that growing up, and. I'm, I wish I bought that thing when they were going under, damn it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I think like the last one I bought was uh Breeders. It had kind of like that embossed cover. Oh yep. And uh I found that on Mercari. Oh yeah, I've been I've been scoping that too lately. Yeah, I mean I haven't I haven't bought much from there, but that was just it was just one of those random things where it was like, oh seven bucks for uh like a promo tape? Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Hey, just remind me, I put an offer in something Mark Mercari, and the guy never got back to me, and it was like, your offer expires in two days, and the guy, like, never wrote back, so I was like, oh, okay, guess, guess I'm not getting that. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. yeah, so, I guess, uh, what was my other movie? Um, talk about oh, yeah. Evil Dead 2. Yes. And it's so funny that you picked that because I had actually just put that in uh, like a night or two before we were giving each other our picks just randomly because I can watch that movie any day. Yes, yes, that one's a, a very good one. <laughs> That's a movie that I, like I was saying earlier in high school, it's another movie in high school too where I just watched it so many times. But unlike Dead Alive where I gave that movie a break, 
um, like Evil Dead Two, I always put it in like at least once a year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because uh, it's basically the same exact movie as as number one, but this time Sam Raimi actually has a budget, mm-hmm. so he's just able to just go crazy. Yeah, it's such a weird. Uh, I can't think of another movie series that works like that, where it's like here's part one, here's part two, which is kind of a remake of part one, and here's part three that's completely different. <laughs> yeah. What's really cool, I was watching some of the, the special features for it, mm-hmm. and uh, um, we had, you know, uh, some of the guys doing the special effects, like Greg Nicotero, Robert Kurtzman, uh, you know, some of these great special effects artists, yeah, um, you know, come together and, and worked on this project, and from what they're saying is, they pretty much worked for barely nothing i mean at the time i guess they they worked for like 400 bucks a week which mm-hmm. you know probably back then was a lot of money but they were into that project not for the money because they they believed in this movie they loved the first one and you could really see that show within the movie like there was a lot of love put into this movie and uh you know there is so many great special effects moments and uh even like the stop motion animation stuff oh just like just like bringing it back to dead alive again yeah with the big snaky henrietta snake neck coming out of the door there yeah yeah and then uh even like uh oh is it uh evil ed is what they call him in the movie uh where his neck gets really stretchy oh yeah and, uh, and his girlfriend dancing outside on the tree, too. Right. She rolls her head down her arm, like that whole animation series. Oh, I love that scene, like the dance scene. Yes, yes. <laughs> she floats off and disappears. It's so eerie. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, uh, and it was really cool seeing, like, uh, uh, Ash's girlfriend when... When he's in the shed and he's got her head in the vice grip. Yeah. And uh, it, it, that was actually... Uh, they they built it to where that vice grip was basically where her shoulders were. Yep. And she had her head just sticking right there. And, and that's why... You know, that was actually her head in when she was talking. Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It, it was really cool just to kind of see how they they made all of that. Oh, definitely. And I love that gag, too, where he's looking for the chainsaw, and there's just that chalk outline of the chainsaw there. <laughs> <laughs> Her headless body just bursting right after that. Oh, classic. Yeah. It was actually, uh, uh, that basically was hanging on a broomstick, and the guy was just underneath of that on a skateboard, just kind of pushing that that uh, broom up and down and twisting and turning. and. <laughs> I can totally see that now, thinking about that scene in my head. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it was really funny to see, like, oh my god, that's how they made that? Like... Yep. It's awesome. Skateboard and a broom. But it's, uh, it's funny, because uh, when, when I was young, I found Army of Darkness at the rental store, at the supermarket, actually. And uh, I had never seen Evil Dead 1 or 2, so Army of Darkness was my first movie. And it wasn't until... 
um, my uncle came over with a tape of pre-recorded movies, you know, off HBO or whatnot, that Evil Dead 1 was on that tape. And, like, I know, like, in Army of Darkness, it starts off with, like, a recap of the other movies, but I kind of thought that was, wasn't was so much a recap of the movies, just, like, introing that one. So, for the longest time, I didn't even know there was a series of three movies until that. And it wasn't until um, <clears throat> that I rented Evil Dead 2 that I, I, I'll admit now, I haven't watched Army of Darkness or the first Evil Dead in forever, but I will always pop in Evil Dead 2, because I just feel that that, that that is a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah, it really is like, uh, oh, I mean, I wouldn't say a Wizard of Oz, but it's definitely got like just so much wackiness to it and over the top gore and humor. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just can't help but love it. No, and I love the scene too so much when um everything in the house comes alive and laughs at him. Yeah. <laughs> that desk lamp <laughs> laughing. Oh, it gets me every time. I just crack the fuck up. Oh, right, like he's just—it's—you it, don't know if that's really what's happening or if that's just him <laughs> going to a breaking point. And I love the th- whole thing that he did with the uh, the unseen evil moving through the forest, where you always get that kind of camera going on yes. through the woods. That's like the coolest stylistic. I love it. Yes. And I love, I love when it chases him through the house and it breaks through the doors. Like I, I, I haven't watched any special features on that either, how they actually plan that out. But damn, it looks so good. He's running through the walls, behind the walls, and the camera's chasing him, shutting the door. The camera breaks through the door. Well, I guess um, if you want me to tell you... Um... <laughs> spoil the magic. <laughs> Spo- spoil the magic? Yeah. They use like a uh, a long metal pole to where... When it when it goes to like those break scenes where like they're smashing the windows, yep. Um, there's actually like a pole in front of the camera that's busting like the car window and uh, the the doorway and the wind you know the windows to the house. Yep. So that you know, sorry to spoil the magic. Everything's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> It, it had to be be told one day. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, Evil Dead 2, man, that's just a perfect movie in my book. Every, everything clicks. Everything fires on all cylinders in that movie. I, I agree 100%, man. Well, on to the next movie. Uh, you picked The Granny. Yes. <laughs> and oh my god. I did not know what to expect with that one. I can't believe you've never seen that. No, I, I, you know, it's one of those things like I've always seen the cover to. Yep. And uh, she, for some reason, I don't know, this might sound weird, but like the look of her on the cover always reminded me of that poodle on the boneyard. <laughs> I could, oh, like from the, from the woman from the boneyard? Uh, Phyllis Diller there? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. I don't know, like. Just I don't know that that might be weird, but I don't know. I it, she reminded me of her, and uh, you know this movie kind of felt like a full moon movie. It did feel like that in a way, like like early '90s full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has that spirit that I feel like you couldn't do nowadays. Like it's it's a time capsule movie to me. 
I agree. Yeah, like it, you, you could do that movie today, but it just wouldn't be the same. And I don't even know how to properly explain that. But it's just like I feel like in the '80s and '90s they, they just did the the kookiest movies. That maybe it's because all those movies have already been done that now anything kind of looks derivative. But like I love that '80s '90s style B movie. Like the granny fits totally into that mold. Yeah, most definitely. Everybody in the family is just a complete character of themselves. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I love that they put um, Shen Worry, the girl that's taking care of the granny. I love it. She's like a stalwart of all the Skinamax movies, like the softcore movies where she's nude all the time. And they just like put a pair of glasses on her, and everybody calls her ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like this is innocent, sweet lady that would do anything for her granny. Exactly. Yeah. But I just love that they can put, like, a frumpy dress on, like, a supermodel and put glasses on her and be like, yep, she's ugly and pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) But then then they made that other lady uh, kind of, like, the cousin or whatever. She was kind of the the skank of the family. Yep. (laughs) Hitting on her uncle, right? (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. Okay. (laughs) Like, I, you know, I, I didn't know, like... I was like, okay, are they? Is that really her uncle? And she's trying to get with her uncle, or, or what was going on there? But apparently, uh, that was the case. That's the case. I love, uh, I love when Granny wrestles a kid too, and I love that Granny loves wrestling. <laughs> yeah, she was. She she loved Sting. Yes. <laughs> I remember she was watching uh, the match of Sting versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh shit! You know your stuff. <laughs> yes. So that was that was WCW. Yep. Which which is awesome. I don't know. That's just kind of a little tidbit, but I I, I liked that little nod there. That it was like an actual real wrestling match she was watching. Yeah, yeah, and you know I'm surprised that uh, um, WCW let that happen. Are they usually sticklers, or I I, I know nothing about wrestling. Well, I mean, you know. Uh, I guess uh, Ted Turner at the time was uh, the owner of WCW, and he, you know, the owner of TNT. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if uh, if that movie, was, uh, the Granny, was ever played on TNT. Hmm. Do you think yeah. it could have been a uh, Joe Bob Briggs Monster Vision? It, possibly, it would definitely fit the mold for something like that. Right, you know, so I'm thinking like maybe that was kind of like part of the deal. It's like, yeah. well, we'll let we'll let you in on some of some of uh, TNT's products if you know. Yeah, because they they probably definitely would have had to pay the rights for it if it wasn't a deal like that. And why would you why would you use your budget for that instead of just filming like a fake wrestling match? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I might be going down a deep rabbit hole for nothing. But it, it, I don't know. It just just like definitely has me thinking. Like, hey, you know, because I know how how uh, a lot of like, especially wrestling, it's like a huge business where nothing's free, or you know, they don't let people just let them use their products for nothing. You know. Yep. But. And then uh, what was the what was the dialogue that you shared with me too? That uh, you you were the load I should have swallowed. Oh yeah, Dude, I could. I actually was like shocked that she said that in the, in the dinner <laughs> That's scene. <a> great line. 
<laughs> I was like, I was like, holy shit! I was like, this was made in like what mid nineties? I think uh, I think early nineties. Yeah, early nineties. You know, something like that you never really hear too often during those type of movies. Yeah, like nowadays it'd be commonplace because there's no there's no morals anymore. We're just throwing everything out in the air. But back then, they tried to have a little bit more tech back in the day, usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was almost like they kind of pushed the boundaries with that kind of dialogue. Yep. Yeah, the gra- Granny's great fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was very over the top, especially towards towards later in the movie, like towards the end where oh, the, the Granny... Or like where the granny is just pulling off all these cheesy ass one liners while she's got that <laughs> demonic voice. Yes, I love that style of movie. That that was uh, like we said, yeah, this was in the nineties. But like there was so much. Uh, I love that style of movies where there's a supernatural villain like that, like the Freddy Krueger, like the granny, like uh, Night of the Demons had Angela and uh, Prom Night two and three. Have you seen those ones? I have not. Oh, like prom night one's like a straight slasher. Then prom night two and three have this prom girl named Mary Lou who is like burned in a fire. She comes back and she's almost like a female Freddy where she's doing supernatural stunts and and cracking jokes and stuff. Hmm. I love that style of movie where they just had the crazy practical and makeup effects and just one supernaturally possessed kind of crazy person. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'm definitely going to have to check those out. I mean... I think actually, I think you traded me. It's either part three or part four of prom nights. Yeah, actually, I think it's part four. We we did a trade a while back, and I think part four I was one of the tapes I got from you. Gotcha. Part four returns more to like a normal slasher kind of thing. Mm. But like part two and three, part two and three are the surreal special effects loaded craziness movies interesting i'm definitely have to check those out i just you know there's there's so much so much content out there it's hard to oh, yeah keep. and i'm one of those dudes like i you know i have to start from the beginning if i start a franchise i don't want to start like in the middle of a franchise i have to go to the beginning and then just watch them all the way up until until yep. it's complete and that, well, that's I like franchises that kind of branch out like that. That's like the prom night movies. Like the first ones are kind of standalone. Two and three are both focused on Mary Lou, and then four is kind of a standalone again. It's kind of like the whole uh, choose your own adventure concept of the Halloween series, right? Like I love watching like Halloween one and two back to back, and like considering that like a complete movie. However, if you wanted to do something different, you could watch one, two, and H two O. Or you can watch like four, five, and six as their own little trilogy. Like I like doing that with those movies. Yeah, that's that's an interesting, uh, interesting way to look at it. Because that franchise has went over the has derailed, and most like all the other ones too. I mean, most of the franchises. You know, I don't I don't even know if there's one franchise that sort of sticks true to its series. <laughs> like, you know, we got Jason that goes to space. and uh, I would say Nightmare on Elm Street would be one of the more grounded ones. Just because yeah. 
always Freddy. It's not like Jason where there was, you know, imposter Jason and what was it? Part five. Yes. Um, you know, they did the imposter. They went to space. Like Freddy kind of went a little outlandish in what new nightmare where they were like the, he's in the real world kind of thing. Yeah. They, they went meta with that one. They went meta with that one, but like for the, for the most part, and even, uh, I think Freddy pretty much stayed to the game. Uh, child's play went off the rails too. When they went, uh, when, uh, Oh, is it Don Mancini? Is that his name? Yes. Yeah, started directing his own movies, starting with like Bride. I love, I love where Child's Play went in that aspect, but it's like a completely different feeling now when you watch all the Mancini ones compared to like the first three. Yeah. But that's another one you can watch like the first three Child's Play movies as like their own kind of trilogy, and then you get into like the spoofy airplane style of the the later ones. Right. Yeah, I enjoyed Bride, but Seed, oh my god, I I, I couldn't stand that one. <laughs> I, mean, I like it, so... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I, I don't know, I think it's his voice, the the son's voice, I just, ah, it, it was annoying. I loved, uh, I loved Red Man, though, in Seed of Chucky. A special spot for him there. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like his baby's not mine. First thing I did when I moved to Hollywood was got a vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Red Red Man oh, and John Waters indeed. I love that. Uh, and yeah, the the oh. kids' voice didn't bother me. I like the whole, I like I love the whole family unit aspect that Child's Play went to. Right. Well, like I guess the whole thing I didn't understand was why did he have an English accent? Yeah, <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> I think like that. That's what bothers me the most. Was okay, but then, got... didn't he have the like made in Japan thing? So he thought he was Japanese. <laughs> I guess, but it's like, then why didn't he have like a Japanese accent? Exactly. <laughs> it should have said like made in England or something. Yes, that would have made sense. But yes. They just turned to go completely bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they're going for. It's like, yeah, who cares? Let's just go with it. Let's just have fun. Yeah. And that's that's why I, I, I love Bride of Chucky. I think it's so great. And I think that movie is just they had so much fun with that one. Oh, I agree. That one is that one really is a lot of fun. Yep. And that's another movie. Just, you know, I'll, I'll watch that anytime. That movie always cracks me up. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, let's see. What was my other one? Uh. I picked so, Street yes. Trash. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I, I when we were coming up with the list, I tried thinking of, like, okay, what's some, like, over-the-top gore, funny horror films? And, you know, that's why, like, some of my picks, I, I said they were kind of cliche, but they're so good, and they, they, fit, they fit this topic. Street Man, Trash. I feel like Street Trash. Street Trash fits this topic. Yes, yes. I was like, you know what? Street Trash is a good one to talk about. It, it's a movie that I like it, but there's definitely some things about it that I don't like. Um, and mainly it's just, I feel bad for a lot of the people in the movie. Like, yeah, we're focused on homeless people for the most, for, for the majority of the movie. But like mm-hmm. I really, I really feel like it. Like 
it gets a little too mean spirited every now and then. Yeah, I mean it. It definitely crosses some boundaries at some points. I uh, I, I feel bad when he gets the uh, the drunk girl and then he brings home, and then everybody goes to town. Yeah, that's that's one scene where I'm just like, like I really want to love this movie, but like every now and then I'm just like, oh man, I feel so bad for her. And then then you find her dead, and it's just like, oh man, really? <laughs> and then and then. After she's dead, what's his nuts there? R.L. Ryan there goes to town on her too. Just and it's like, did they only <laughs> did they only bring this drunk girl to the junkyard and gang rape her just to make this like? Can you tell who Steven is? Who joke? <laughs> yeah, man. Like it was. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like there was some some scenes where it's like, oh my god, like this is it, terrible. Uh, it's a button pusher. It's definitely like a trigger movie where it's just like there's yeah. certain scenes that are so like Ugh, it's so gross. But I know that's what they're going for, you know? Yeah, that yeah, that I mean that's that I think was the premise was let's make this movie just so gross feeling. Yes. And you know, like the uh the the junkyard owner is this big fat slob and he's trying to get on the the one chick. Um, oh, that whole scene where he's rolling the chair around with her. Yeah. Oh, Wendy was her name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he was, and he was one of those guys where it's like, man, I don't, I do not like that guy. Like, is he gonna die pretty soon? Or can that guy die anytime now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there was a few, even, even like the main guy, the, uh, Vietnam guy, Yes, was just, he was kind of like the king of the junkyard, and uh, he 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 definitely was an asshole. It was like okay, he's he's got to get it at one at some point in the movie. Oh, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's another one where it's 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 almost hard to watch for me when he's beating up his girlfriend and stuff like that. That's where that's where the movie like to me like I'm not. I feel it gets a little too mean spirited sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Great you know. movie. I expect it. Another, another thing, like uh, when the guy gets his his dick chopped off and it totally turns into the slapstick, like tossing dick around scene. Like it's so ridiculous. But at the same time, I'm just like, fuck, this guy's homeless and has like nothing, and now he's got his dick cut off. Like, and I'm feeling bad for him chasing his dick around. <laughs> You know, they just like they make that ridiculous joke where he's like, "What riding the school bus on the way to the hospital?" Afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, you, you feel so like, like, like you can't go any lower being homeless. Now, now you've hit like an all time, like as low as you possibly can by having your dick chopped off. Exactly. <laughs> So like as much as it's silly, it's so like it makes me sad <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. I also I also love when the cop, the lead cop, is um beaten up on one of the mobster guys, you know, in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he sticks his finger in his throat and pukes on him. <laughs> I, when I was watching that, I was just like I hope that's that guy's trademark and he just like pukes on everybody he ever arrests. <laughs> <laughs> like we got we got somebody coming in booked by John. Oh man, this guy's gonna have puke on him. 
<laughs> I just hope that, that that's that cop's trademark. <laughs> like, oh, uh, br- let's bring in the puke guy for this scene. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, what a, what a ridiculous movie. But, um, but again, with this movie, just like uh, Dead Alive, it's stunningly well made. Yeah, yeah, it, it it definitely has like like we were saying like the gross feel, and it definitely had like a, a grimy look to it as far as like how it was filmed. Mm-hmm. Gross but, and grimy, but like such great cinematography and camera moves. Yeah, yeah, I, I was surprised when I you know I watched I watched this years ago, but uh, you know watching it again, I was like, man, like the cinematography was pretty good in this. I love the opening when they're when they're doing the chase scene where he just keeps on robbing the money, robbing the booze, and running from everybody. Yeah, and the camera's uh, following everywhere. Yeah, I uh, well, a funny, I don't know about funny fact, but uh, I I got the Blu-ray release of this, and it's got you know special features in it. But apparently, this was a ten-minute movie, like originally, like as like uh, kind of like Sam Raimi how. He made that short film before Evil Dead was made. Yep. So there's like a 10 minute movie of street trash to, you know, probably push to get a bigger uh, distribution and make like a full length. Mm hmm. Well, I watched the short film and the main actor from the full length is is the same character in the uh, in the short film. Which, which so, guy? Um, like, uh, so, like the, like the main bum, like with the long hair and the beard. Okay. The, yep. That goes in to buy the Viper wine. <laughs> and uh, so he plays the same exact character in the original ten minute movie. Oh, nice. So I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. And uh, I think the name of the the Viper wine was was different too. It's like Lightning it, Hawk it, or something. I think it was uh, Thunderbird. Thunderbird, that was it. Which actually exists. Uh, so, <laughs> probably had to oh. change it for those reasons. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, like, the... It, it's, it, it still had the over-the-top, like, neon-colored grime, like, gore to it. I love what the melting looks like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, what sticks out the most. Like, the the special effects and the gore in this movie are what, you know, probably everybody likes about the movie. It's almost, it's one of the only good things, <laughs> really. Like, this this movie, it, it, it's tough to even find a plot for it, you know? Yeah, it's like, we don't really know what's going on. We just know these bums are bums, and, you know... If they they buy this wine for super cheap, a dollar a piece, and they die from drinking it. Yep, that's it. And then we're gonna add some things where there's a junkyard owner, and there's like a guy who has Vietnam flashbacks, and a puke cop. <laughs> yeah, and the Vietnam guy also has a a human uh, femur bone like Rambo <laughs> knife. I love that prop. But yeah, this is uh, definitely the, the 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 melting with the neon purple and yellow blood splatters and pus and everything like that. It totally makes it. Yeah, oh, totally. 
it reminded me of um uh, the only other thing I think of is Terrorvision, which had mm-hmm. green blood for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that or Nah, I uh <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like agreeing with you, but I haven't seen Terror Firmer yet. No, not not Terra Firmer, uh, Terror Vision. Oh, Terror Oh, yeah. You've seen Terrorvision, right? Yes, yes, I've seen Terrorvision. Yeah, for some reason the monster in that, you know, when it's killing the grandpa and killing everybody, it's it, it's dripping green blood everywhere. They use green blood instead of red in that movie. I don't know why. Yeah, that's but, weird. Only, that's the only other movie I can think of that had the gore that isn't just red blood. And I gotta give I gotta give props to Street Trash for that because it just looks so cool. It's so vibrant, especially on the Blu-ray of this. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it definitely is a stand standout part uh, that we we never really see in in any other movies. Yep, and I'm surprised that uh, Street Trash wasn't sort of like the blueprint of that style. Like you know, I'm surprised we don't we haven't seen any more movies that kind of follow that style. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to write that into your plot. Like, where would you? it'd have to be like an outer space type thing like an alien yeah like you get a virus and it turns your blood yellow like it's hard to they didn't even justify it in this movie but like it's kind of one of those things like and and in television they never just justified it either like why is grandpa's blood green like they just didn't you know right And and maybe that's what they need to do is like just don't even explain it just make it happen just do it. <laughs> Make a normal slasher movie, except all the blood's neon green. <laughs> yes. That would be awesome. That was, a. Uh... Did you ever see The Convent? Um, when was that made? I don't know. Shit, man. I think late 90s, early 2000s. Had Adrian Barbeau in it, and there was like a... Kind of like a Night of the Demons movie, where everybody went to this convent to party, if I remember correctly. But they did this cool thing in that where they, they had everybody, all the zombies, uh, you could see the blood in their veins. So, like, they all had, like, neon, and they were all under black light. So they all had, like, neon yellow and neon green veins going up their arms and face and everything. And that looked really neat. Hmm. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, the convent. But uh, I don't think the gore was like that. I think that's just how the zombies looked, or the kind of possessed people looked. But it definitely had that. Neon vibe going to it. Yeah, there's just something about that kind of style that, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm drawn to it, but I definitely like to watch stuff like that. It definitely has a cool cinematic touch to it. Yep. But yeah, street trash, man. I I love how it just never. It'll get serious, and then it will just get so goofy on you so fast. <laughs> yeah, it kind of catches you off guard, and especially at the end where they where they finally kill the big bad, you know, the Vietnam guy with that uh pressure tank rocket thing there, and yeah. uh, his head's all severed, and then Wendy jumps over, and you see him like looking at her upskirt as she jumps over. He's all holy, <laughs> but it's just like a severed head on the ground. <laughs> I love that, like, and that's in the last minute of your movie. <laughs> You're still just like. Bringing the crazy, bringing the ludicrousness all the way to the end. Yes, yes, I, I, I like, I like those aspects of the movie. It was just uh, the over the top humor to it, you know. Even, 
even though it did have some some pretty serious tones to it. It's like, oh, damn, like, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, like, the scene, like, uh, it, it, it makes you laugh, but it makes you sad. Like, as, as I was saying before, like, when the guy's in the supermarket and he's loading his pants with chicken and everything, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's hilarious how much chicken he's putting in, down in his pants, but at the same time, you're just like, man, this guy's got nothing. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, he... just let him have it. Yeah, when the store clerk stops him, he's like, why is there chicken hanging out? It shows his boot, and there's, like, drumsticks falling out of the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that's funny. Uh, so, yeah, that's street trash. That's street trash, man. <laughs> if, you, if you all haven't seen it yet, uh, uh, sorry for spoiling it. We, we pretty much slaughtered that movie, spoiler-wise. But uh, definitely watch it. I mean, even the stuff we didn't talk about, like there's there's so much stuff in there that it's definitely worth a watch. It's packed. Uh, that movie just keeps trucking. It doesn't slow down at all. No, not at all. So I mean, yeah. Even if uh, you know, for the listeners, even if you've listened to this, you've never seen it. There's so much stuff in there to where you probably forget everything we talked about because <laughs> there's just so much stuff in that movie. And I love to. I, I want to say his name's R.L. Ryan. I called him that earlier. The uh, the junkyard owner, the big the big fat guy there. He was also in a uh, Toxic Avenger and uh, Newcomb High and uh, uh, one of my favorite movies, Eat and Run, which is a ridiculous comedy from the eighties. And uh, so I always love that guy popping up in things. Right, and he was also in Class of Newcomb High. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's. There's, uh, I mean, there's some actors in here that they're kind of a one and done type thing. A lot of them are in this movie, just like uh, flesh eating mothers. You know, it's like the only thing they ever did. Yeah, it's sort of crazy because, like, you know, now a lot of like, uh, well, especially street trash kind of has a, a cult following now. Oh, it definitely has a cult following. You know, and it's crazy to see that uh, a lot of these, a lot of these people. Didn't go on to do anything. Yeah. But so, yet, people again, love this. Again, just like flesh-eating mothers, you know what I mean? There's there's people walking around who start in the street trash. Nothing right. else. And for all their life, they're like, I, yep, I was in this one movie. And that yeah. Was feeling. <laughs> well, I, uh, I watched a, an interview with uh, the lady that played Wendy in, in Street Trash. Her name's yep. Jan... Arakawa, I think okay. I pronounced it. But I guess uh, you know she she never went to do any other movies except for Street Trash. But she ended up marrying somebody that uh, that uh, was in the music industry, and she toured a lot with like the Rolling Stones. Oh no, kidding! Uh, just you know, because she was with the guy that uh, I don't know, like was like a manager for Rolling Stones or something like they're involved with uh you know touring with the rolling stones a lot yep so you know i was kind of a it's like oh that's kind of random but uh cool at the same time definitely Uh, yeah and it's uh oh shoot i was trying to think about uh yeah the director of street trash i don't think he's made another horror movie since this either Mm mm-hmm no, he's he a bunch of bunch of TV shows and stuff, right? Um, I haven't really looked to see if he did any t- 
TV shows. I guess he did like cinematography for several movies, like uh, Rush Hour Three. Uh, <laughs> like, how do you come out the gate this strong and not make like like a follow up? Yeah, yeah, I've always wondered that. I feel like this is like the bad taste. Where's your dead alive? Yeah, I mean, you know, he probably had some some uh, ideas, but he probably could never find uh, someone to actually pick it up. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a hard sell, probably. Yeah, but I mean, you got to think if if you're gonna make something like this, I mean, you you definitely have to have more after this. That's what I would think, but there isn't, and the dude's still working today. Like, yeah, I think he's done like, like you said, cinematography on a bunch of things. I think he's directed TV episodes and stuff, but like, never, never anything in his catalog is is like this movie. Yeah, which is strange. Well, if, if there's any uh, distributors out there, you need to uh, to pick up J. Michael Murrow and uh, pick up his ideas for movies because he definitely has some some talent coming up with some crazy shit. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh shit! Uh... Well, cool, yeah. man. I, th- I think that about wraps up uh, the episode with Matt Awkward here, guys. Those are some fun, uh, ridiculous horror comedies, uh, over-the-top movies y'all should check out. Most definitely. And that's just like some sprinkles in the in the Sunday, because there's so many over-the-top comedy horror movies out there that we could just go on and on about. Mm-hmm. But hope hey, you guys enjoyed... <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed this fun-filled episode and uh thank you again matt for coming on the show thank you for inviting me and uh where can my listeners go to hear your podcast uh anywhere podcasts are are, are found spotify podbean everything just search for the Funbox monster podcast uh, we've been on kind of a little hiatus with the Corona thing going on, but um, there's we've done 60 or so episodes, so there's definitely a back catalog of stuff to uh, catch up on. For sure, yeah. Uh, you guys put on a, a heck of a good show, and I enjoy listening to you guys' episodes. Um, it, you know, you and Tristan as a duo make a pretty good team, and I enjoy... It's almost like I'm in the room listening to you guys. Thanks, dude. Just, you know, <laughs> talking about uh what was there was uh uh hackle lantern i enjoyed that it's... one <laughs> and you know, that, that's a movie that uh that doesn't get talked about a lot no i mean it should it's fun <laughs> right right well yeah everybody that's listening here will have to to go over to the fun box monster podcast and check out your guys episode of hackle lantern and like you said, you guys got like 60 plus episodes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's unreal, man. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we'll be uh, doing another one soon, uh, remotely, like we're doing with us right now. For sure. Well, Matt, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. And uh, my listeners will have to definitely... Stick around for the next episode.
Yes. All right, everybody. As I uh, wrap up every uh, Funbox episode, peace. (laughs) (laughs) All right, peace. Well, that just about wraps up this episode, guys. I just want to thank Matt Awkward for coming on the show and, and discussing these comedy horrors with me. This was a lot of fun. We will definitely have to do this again, Matt. And uh, you can follow Matt's podcast at Funbox Monster Podcast on Instagram. And their podcast is on all the podcast listening platforms that that are out there. I mean, just go to wherever you listen to podcasts, type in Funbox Monster Podcast, and they should pop up. And their Instagram handle is at Funbox Monster Podcast. Go give them a follow. They're hilarious guys. And uh, Matt and Tristan are uh, the ones that, that run Funbox Monster Podcast. So go give them a follow and listen to them. They got tons of episodes, like uh, he had mentioned earlier. Uh, awesome guys. You know, I, I listen to them all the time. And uh, I can't encourage you guys enough to go listen to them and uh, support other horror podcasts as well also want to mention wake brewing wake brewing is a brewery in rock island illinois and is the go-to brewery in the quad cities check them out at wakebrewing.com to check out their beer selection and to take advantage of their cans to go carry out on saturdays from noon to 3 p.m Visit their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Wake Brewing for more info on how to pre-order cans to go. Also, they have sweet new t-shirts available now. Go to their social media page to find the link on how to order those. And right now, as I'm recording this closing part of the Root Root Horror podcast, I'm drinking their Invisible Orange, and it's a... Uh, American wheat style uh, beer and uh, as you can guess it's a orange wheat beer and surprisingly it's this is pretty good for only 4.7% alcohol so it's it's I mean it's a little low um, percentage wise but uh, this is quite quite tasty like uh, you know it's uh, I'm not like a, a really big wheat beer drinker but uh i thought i would give this one a try and um surprisingly this was pretty good and uh maybe i'm getting some vitamin c in me with this hopefully (laughs) to to fend off this uh nasty shit that's going around but nonetheless i mean they got a ton of beer selection go check them out guys if you're in the quad cities that is definitely the spot to go if you like craft beer and uh you know hopefully this shit will blow over soon because they host once a month a horror trivia night and you can win some cool ass horror prizes you know and then i think you can get like a couple dollars off drafts and and whatnot so dude it's a no-brainer if you love craft beer and horror definitely check them out guys and uh they're also like uh like a metal themed bar so they got like awesome uh posters and like pictures of like metal shows and and uh, i think there's like a picture of lemmy in there and stuff so they're uh a very unique and uh awesome style brewery i definitely definitely check it out guys can't put them over enough 
and also um to tie in with the uh, the next guest i wanted to not next guest but uh the the next company i want to plug in death stitch custom clothing i uh, i met jason earlier at wake brewing to pick up some horror related face masks that they make so um you know and that that's like a, a perfect thing to talk about right now you know with everything going on if you guys are needing some some really cool unique face masks check out death stitch custom clothing they offer 100 percent handcrafted hand-picked and painstakingly matched upcycled t-shirt flannels bags as well as other handmade surprises at some of their shows um and like i said they they just started making these face masks um kind of like spooky halloween themed ones i just picked up a couple for me and my wife and they look badass and uh you know definitely check them out uh message them on facebook or instagram or email them at deathstitchcc at gmail.com for more info on how to obtain their products and uh their instagram handle is at deathstitchcustomclothing check them out guys they got some really cool unique merch and uh you know they they have some really cool flannels um seen some like really cool like texas chainsaw flannels that they've made and uh the thing like john carpenter's a thing there's a really cool one of that those and uh you know the thing about them is they're all unique they're all handmade so you're never gonna really get a duplicate so you know if you're into like the unique merch style dude check them out they're awesome and lastly i wanted to mention midwest monster fest they're a horror and pop culture convention that's happening September 5th and 6th at the Rust Belt in East Moline. They will be having a horror-themed cosplay contest with prizes, an FX challenge with prizes, horror-themed pin-up contest, and movies to, to watch both days on, on these big screens that you can see. It's kind of like a film festival in there as well, so you can see, you know, all these indie horror films at Midwest Monster Fest. Um, they're also going to be having like 70 plus, 70 plus booths with celebrities and vendors. Some of the celebrities announced are CJ Graham, Linnea Quigley, Tom Matthews, Tamara Glenn, and much, much more. And there's, there's even going to be more in, to be announced that haven't been announced already. So this is just going to be, awesome guys definitely check it out tickets are on sale now at midwestmonsterfest.com also follow them on facebook and instagram at midwest monster fest and at last i just want to say follow the root horror podcast on instagram and, fa- and facebook at root horror podcast or you can email us at root horror at g or <laughs> this is kind of a tongue twister at roothorror at gmail.com thanks for listening guys hope you enjoyed it and next episode is going to be a a fucking badass uh interview with special effects artist nick benson he's worked on films such as society bride of reanimator tremors night of the demons the blob from 1988 i mean the list goes on like this was such an incredible 
interview that I had with him. I hope you guys check it out. And uh, that's that's about it. I got that I got for you guys this episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode. Peace out, guys. listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. If you like this content and would like to hear future episodes, please follow or subscribe if you dare.